the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply, but get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at UnderdogFantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And of course... Don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play Store. What's good, DGENs and fantasy football enthusiasts? It's your boy Dan Titus here with the SGPN Fantasy Football Show, filling in for the great Rod Villa Gomez. I'm subbing in here and I'm joined by some esteemed guests. We got Bo McBig Time on the show. What's good, brother? How you feeling? Great. It's my day off. I already got all my work done around the house today. Went to the bank like four separate times. It was a great time. It's 105 degrees outside. Yeah. Damn. I mean, you're getting, that's pretty active for 100, 105 degrees outside, man. I'd be chilling in the AC doing next to nothing, probably watching Euro Cup or something. Yep. That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and you, the other voice of reason, Adam Pelletier here ready to keep everybody honest. I mean, this guy is a bulldog, and he's never holding back any punches. So, Adam, what's good with you, man? How you feeling over there? Not much. I've been far less active than Bo. I haven't left probably a 100-square-foot radius today, and it did involve <laughs> watching some Euro 2021, though. I got to say, I know this is a football prod- podcast, but we're going to talk about football for a second. I turned off the France-Switzerland game because France was up 3-1, my mom comes in from the porch because I'm at my folks house in New York. And she says, yeah, did you guys know that Switzerland tied it up? Got it back on in time for the PKs to watch the ending. So that was great. And Bappe blew it. Just blew oh, it. Dead. But yeah, dead. It's, tell you what, man, 3-1 leads are never safe. We got another one on tonight for the NBA. So we'll see how that pans out. But let's get back to the football. You guys know how this segment works. We're going to give each player here three minutes to make their argument. First, we're going to start with Bo McBigtime to give us his best dynasty bounce backs relative to their value this season. And then Adam will then. Now, now Dan, aren't we doing 10 topics with three minutes each and it's a shared three minutes? Isn't that the format? Correct. Yeah. Thanks for breaking that down. See, he's already keeping me honest. This is why we got him on here. Listen, listen, you're the fill in. We're here to keep you on track. I get it. A lot of pressure here. Dan is stepping up big time. You know, y'all and just Rod is not on vacation. Rod is serving his week on for his military service. So he's a busy man right now. All right. So Dan is doing us a big favor, stepping up for this. So, but y'all just remember usual format. Yeah. No pressure, Dan, no pressure. You're already (laughs) over one on this. So we're going to see how you do the rest of the way on the fly interview. Jesus, this is brutal. I was supposed to be the host and I'm the one getting fried here. So, yeah, so we're going to get three minutes. We're going to get the best dynasty bounce backs relative to value. So let's start it off, man. We got Quintez Cephas of the Detroit Lions. Mick, big time. You're on the clock. All right. So, I mean, this guy's not a high draft capital guy. I believe he's a fifth or sixth round pick out of Wisconsin. Big, tall kid, likes to go up and get those 50-50 balls. That's really what he lived on at Wisconsin. 
Um, we're, we're not we're not looking at a superstar in the making here, but with the lack of competition at the position, um, I, I could see him doing pretty well in certain games. Um, am I seeing a big rise at what he did last season? No, I'm really not. He's not really on my radar for somebody other than a depth piece. Um, and it's 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 just a lack of talent. I, I don't see a lot of explosive playmaking ability that that you might even see from Amon Ross St. Brown, his teammate this season. Uh, that's that's a guy that could actually do it. I mean, I just think that with so many targets, 200 and you know about 200 targets being vacated there in Detroit, how can he not step up? He's a guy who really in the past two years is just getting back into playing football after he had some very serious off the field accusations leveled against him that took him off the field, rightfully so. And he's getting, and he was clear to those charges getting back on the field now though. And so you got to think he's just getting his football legs back and yeah, he has been always a big play guy, but he was in 2019, 59 catches for 900 yards, average 15 and a half. He's never averaged less than 15 yards per catch. He seems like the kind of big play guy who's going to feast in what feels like it's going to be a play action offense with DeAndre Swift setting up the run and then Jared Goff taking shots. We know Jared Goff is great in the play action if they can script it out. And Anthony Lynn has actually done wonders, wonders for his quarterbacks, produced three straight top 10 years out of his quarterbacks while he's been there. Anthony Lynn has a bad rap as a run first run often guy. He really sets up his quarterbacks for success. Are we going to give Lynn any credit for what happened last year? Because all I saw is him pretty much sabotaging any chance they had to win games. Uh, Herbert. Hold on, hold on. He doesn't have to win games though. He just has to set. Goff in this offense up for fantasy success through a passing offense. You're talking about going from Herbert, a first top five pick, against Goff, a top five pick, who actually has never been very good. Herbert jumped right out of the gate straight off the national anthem with Tyrod Taylor getting stabbed in the heart, and you're going to expect Goff to put up those kind of numbers? Like, Herbert's special, and Goff never has been special, and Tyrell Williams is probably going to get those snaps that you expect Quintez Cephas to get because there's a reason why they went out and signed Tyrell Williams, who can't stay healthy, but when he's on the field, he's that same exact player. Downfield, big plays, nothing else. And so I'm not sure where you where you're expecting Quintus Cephas to get those snaps when they went out and found a guy on the cheap that could do the same thing. I just feel like Quintus Cephas has that big play explosiveness. Tyra Williams has looked like he's lost a step at times over the past couple of years. You know, in Oakland, he was he was outshined by Nelson Aguilar. Um, at times, Darren Waller dominated that offense. They went to Hunter Renfro often before they went to Tyrell Williams. And Quintez Sivas, young guy, explosive, big play potential, was a big play machine at Wisconsin. Just every time they needed a big play, he was there to step up and make it. And it feels like he could be that big play guy. Now, I'm not saying we're investing a lot of capital in him here. If you're looking at a startup, though, you're getting around 15, 16. You're wondering, what the hell am I going to do? You're looking at some young guys with some big potential like that on a team with a bad defense that's going to be behind a bunch with an offense that with an offensive coordinator who can set up an offense for passing success. I like Quintez Cephas in the late rounds, and it wouldn't surprise me if at the end of this year, we're talking about the ascendance of Quintez Cephas and how he looks like a wide receiver three moving forward in a lot of dynasty formats. Sorry, we got to cut it off there. The gloves are getting off the battle for Quintez Cephas. I will I mean, also we're say I'm about- a little biased because I did spend three years living in Macon, Georgia, 
where Quintez Cephas is from. So all my former students know Quintez Cephas. So if I say bad things about him, they're going to get back to me on that. So we have the next guy. I mean, this guy's been catching a lot of slander and I don't know. He's been, he's been retooled. The offense certainly has the weapons now, but are we going to see the bounce back for a one Daniel Jones? Mick big time. What say you? I think that this is the every bit of a potential breakout season for Daniel Jones. Uh, the, the extra talent around him, the health around him uh, getting better. Saquon Barkley is a team maker. He turns losing teams into better teams. And Daniel Jones is not your most efficient player. He's a turnover prone kind of guy. But I mean, we just saw Jameis Winston turn in a quarterback three season where he was the third quarterback overall, even though he threw 30 interceptions. So Daniel Jones, if he's starting to make more big plays with the more talent around him, you have yourself a, a guy that could sneak into that or a top end quarterback two ranking just because he's putting up points. I mean, the thing that has me staying away from Daniel Jones right now is for a guy who's supposed to be a rushing quarterback, he doesn't actually get into the end zone at all. Over two seasons, he only has three rushing, rushing touchdowns to give him 38 total touchdowns against 39 turnovers. The man is underwater with turnovers like Jameis Winston never was, even with improved weapons. This feels like Daniel Jones is going the way of a more mobile EJ Manuel this year. This feels like what the Bills did that last EJ Manuel season. No, hear me out. They went out and they said, we're going to put so many weapons around you. You're either going to succeed or you're done. And that's it. And this feels like that season for Daniel Jones. They invested in a top tier wide receiver. And he just hasn't ever really been able to get a receiver to produce. And he hasn't ever really been able to produce. Also, he's sneakily injury prone. He's missed multiple games each year. And we're expecting him in a longer season to be active for all 17 games. That's, you know, health is a skill in fantasy football. And I just can't trust him right now. I mean, he's underwater on turnovers and he just doesn't produce touchdowns for a rushing quarterback. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but we're talking about him pretty much being up against the worst type of odds last season that you could possibly put a quarterback under. Their offensive line was in shambles all season long. They had a, an offensive line coach change midseason. That's how bad uh, That's how bad Mark Colombo was at his job. It was a toxic environment. That offensive line was awful. Saquon Barkley, gone. No good wide receivers. Evan Ingram with hands of stone, like cannot catch a cold. And and you have a guy that's got a lot of talent. Daniel Jones is, is a better athlete than people give him credit for. And I've never seen him as a rushing quarterback, but he has mobility. He can break those big 80-yard trip over your shoelaces type runs at any point in time. He's not going to get, he's not your Konami code quarterback because you can't count on it every week, but I'm not the type of player that even believes that there's such a thing as injury prone. There's people with injury history where you have to look at, Oh, how, how more likely are they to uh, re-injure a same thing? I don't see that as the case for him. I think that uh, his upside makes him a buy at his current price. Wow. And we're talking about, Comparing Daniel Jones to EJ Manuel, Woof. a guy that started only 10 games in his career, and then he just went to the bench. So I don't know. Is there more upside to Daniel Jones than the EJ Manuel comparison? Only time will tell, but surely this guy has way more weapons than EJ Manuel. Wow. We're, we're going to the trenches for that one. So for our next one, we're going to go to 
Indianapolis with Michael Pittman. I mean, he's got a new quarterback in Carson Wentz. The offensive coordinator's gone, but you do you see some upside in Michael Pittman as a dynasty bounce back potential wide receiver too? Maybe. What are your What are your thoughts here, big big time? You're up. Yeah, I, I really do see the upside for him because if there's a player that I would ever believe was injury prone, it's Paris Campbell, and so that's uh, that's that concerns me that receiving core does concern me and its current form with an aging T.Y. Hilton with a, a mess of different average tight ends and Carson Wentz if we're talking about turnover prone Carson Wentz is the ultimate E.J. Manuel type player the last two years and so the the Pittman thing I, I, I think Pittman's the best USC wide receiver to come out since Keyshawn Johnson he's better than all these Robert Woods guys like he's got more upside oh. Oh, if you're talking pure talent, Michael Pittman has more of it than all of the guys that have come out of USC. You can't, I can't stand for this Bobby tree slander. Robert Woods is much better than Michael Pittman. Like, trust me as a, as a bills fan, it is painful to know we wrecked and wasted his career with quarterbacks like EJ Manuel for all those years. (laughs) But looking at, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is not someone who has ever consistently targeted wide receivers. You know, two years ago, his high 73 targets at the wide receiver position. You know, we're looking back the year before that, um, the high, he did target Nelson Aguilar 97 times, but he's been a tight end guy. He's a guy who's going to lock onto his tight ends and focus in on them. And if Michael Pittman's going to run some of those inside tight end esque routes, a la Alshon Jeffrey, Maybe he can emerge, but we're also counting on Carson Wentz not being irrevocably broken, which it seems like he is. Now, you bring up Robert Woods, and that be and that might be Michael Pittman's career path. Michael Pittman might have to leave Indianapolis, in which case, again, if we're talking about when are you looking at Michael Pittman? You're looking at Michael Pittman, double-digit round in startups. He's probably stashed on somebody's bench, so maybe you're trying to trade like a second or a third rounder in your rookie draft for him but you're not hoping for a lot from him this year. I don't think he's bouncing back this year. His future is down the road. And it, I honestly think it could be Robert Woods ask. He needs to get out of Indy and get onto a competent organization. Maybe the bills have some karma and Michael Pittman's the new, you know, the next answer outside there yeah. with Stefan Diggs. One can only hope big time on the trajectory for the Colts that is built for the win now. And they don't need Carson Wentz to be otherworldly. They need, to run the football and their offensive line, defensive line are a top 10 unit, both sides. That's conducive for winning football games and going deep into the playoffs. And if you have a guy like Pittman, who's really the only big play threat on the entire team, besides their, their two running backs, uh, they're going to find him. Even if Philip rivers can find you downfield, like he did Pittman on at times last year when he was healthy, I, I have every bit of confidence that, Wentz can at least find a couple open receivers and it doesn't take target volume with a guy like Pittman who can break out and run after the catch with his talent. I, I, I think that if you, if you're getting him in those late rounds and he, or you're getting him for a second or third rounder, he's every bit is worth every bit worth it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm really hesitant to trust a guy this year whose fantasy futures are tied to Carson Wentz. That really makes me cautious going into this. You know, he did see his snap percentages improve in the second half of the year, but he only had 100 yard receiving game only scored one touchdown last year. You know, he's a guy who did make some plays down the field, but it seemed like anytime the Colts were making a play down the field, it was still contained. We're in overtime. 
Michael Pittman, surely he can do better than 60 targets last year. Old man Rivers is out of there, but are you really going to trust in Carson Wentz? Shout out to Stack the Money Green, who hates Carson Wentz just about as much as I do. So who knows? So the next the next player we have here, a lot of controversy about this guy. I mean, the Dolphins went out and drafted Jalen Waddle as, you know, the number six pick in the draft. Moved up, got got him some weapons, also added Will Fuller. They didn't address the running backs, but maybe you didn't need to. So I ask, what is the upside and the argument for Tua in a dynasty league as a bounce back? What is his value? He's he doesn't have much fantasy value for me. I mean, I'm 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 I've been outspoken saying he's a better football player in real life than he is a fantasy player. He's not going to be much more than a very effective game manager. He's not going to put up huge numbers at any point in his career, in my opinion. I think his ceiling could be quarterback 15 at any point in his career. And so, yeah, he's a great football player. He's one of the more accurate passers. If you're looking at metrics of him hitting receivers with accurate balls, he's good. But it, I don't think it's going to matter because they're not going to lean on him to do more than win games. He's not going to be that flashy Patrick Mahomes light up the scoreboard type guy. And he really hasn't been even at Alabama. He made big clutch plays, but you look at the stats and it's like, yeah, he won the game. That's what he was put on the field to do is win games. And he's good at that. And so that's, that's why I see too, is I'm not targeting him as anything more than my second quarterback in a super flex. I mean, I think he's definitely better than a second quarterback in a super flex. He's an option in your one QB leagues. He's someone you're going to look at this year is like a QB 15, but he's that guy who's going to take some strides forward this year. And next year is the year I'm really interested to see him break out. But we also got to remember this Dolphins team has some amazing talent around him right now. And he was great at Alabama at putting his talent in position to succeed. He has Devonte Parker. He has Will Fuller. He has Jalen Waddell. This team could turn into, could produce three fantasy relevant receivers or two fantasy relevant receivers in a tight end. Hold on. Stay with me here. Okay. This Dolphins team threw the ball 547 times last year. Okay. 103 of those went to Devonte Parker, 85 went to Gasecki, And then you had a bunch of guys in the 50 to 30 range with better top end talent. You're going to narrow that down. Okay. You're putting the ball in the hands of your better playmakers right now. Devonte Parker should see an uptick. Jalen Waddle should take over, you know, at least an 80, 90 target share. All right. And Will Fuller, once he comes back from that suspension is going to stretch the top of the defense, assuming he stays injury free, knock on wood. Additionally, it looks like Miles Gaskins is back and injury free this year. Miles Gaskin missed time last year and he's a sneaky piece to this offense. And that really can open up the door, especially for Tua's rushing. Tua's rushing was down in 2019 at Alabama. We forget he was a guy who was averaging four or five yards a carry, multiple touchdowns at Alabama in 2017 and 2018. He's a guy who can run the ball. And the Dolphins yeah. need to do stuff, need to put him in positions <laughs> gonna, to be athletic. I'm going to cut you off because that has not been to a Tagovailoa in two years. He's coming off hip surgery. All those passing metrics you were seeing, that's all Ryan Fitzpatrick doing. 
they aired it out with Fitzpatrick because they didn't trust Tua to push the ball down the field. And you can give me coach speak all year long about how they're going to emphasize downfield aggression with their new weapons. But I can't see Tua being the kind of guy that's going to give you quarterback one numbers. In his last five games last year, though, 296 yards against Cincinnati, 316 against Cincinnati. Kansas City, and 361 against the Bills in week seven in week 17. Three of his yeah, last five games he <laughs> was against the backups. Okay. I will concede <laughs> that. And they did lose that game. And he did throw three picks. But at the end of the day, he did show he could be fantasy relevant. You know, three of his last five games last year didn't have a training camp coming off that hip injury like we were talking about. He's had a full off season in that system. He has the trust and he has no one breathing down his neck. If he's benched for Jacoby Brissett, he is not the answer. Two is wow. one of those guys. You're going to take two around <laughs> nine or 10. And yeah, you're going to have somebody else with him, a veteran who you're going to stack with him, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, someone along those lines who's going to be a short-term starter and you're banking on Tua taking this step, which he can do, and I think he might do, to emerge as that QB1. I think there you have still it. Still a more mobile quarterback. <laughs> Tua, I'm surprised, man. He's a Bills guy, but yet he is pumping up. That is the strongest argument I've heard for Tua <laughs> Baloa in such a long time, and I'm, I'm impressed, you know, Shout as an AFC East guy. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to pay some bills and then we'll get into the final five dynasty bounce back candidates. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 in risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply, but get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. See a ticket you like, but think the price is too high? Submit a bit for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of a button. And PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket is worth. Last week, a PropSwap customer sold a $100 175 to 1 Atlanta Hawks to win the Eastern Conference ticket for $6,250 after the Hawks went up 1-0 on Milwaukee. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Make sure you head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free $25 deposit. You can use the free $25 to enter Best Ball Mania 2. First place in Best Ball Mania 2 gets $1 million. That's right. Sign up now for a free shot at $1 million. Drafts are happening constantly, and it's not just the NFL. They also have NBA, MLB, and more. Go to underdogfantasy.com and make sure to use promo code SGPN for your chance to win $1 million. And lastly, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts, so don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, we are back from the break 
guys, we got only five left here. Some compelling arguments, but the next guy is really interesting. I know I scooped him up in a lot of dynasty startups thinking that this guy had a bright future. Third round draft capital, certainly something of interest, but let's be honest, the, uh, the, the Ravens went out and grabbed a couple receivers, one in the draft and then one in free agency. What are our thoughts on Miles Boykin? I'll start with you, Mick Big Time. Uh, Miles Boykin is uh, dead, and he was dead last year. Um, he's basically out there running wind sprints and run blocking, uh, which is what the Ravens look for in wide receivers. He's a big body. He's a really fast guy, vertical speed. He's not a good route runner. He doesn't have overly good hands. And in that scheme, there's no room for players to be fantasy relevant unless they're the absolute alpha. And I think Rashad Bateman has a good chance to be that alpha, but you just can't bank on it, especially with the way the pricing has been going for somebody like Bateman as, as a great college prospect. Boykin was never a great college prospect. We had some excitement because of his size and athletic profile, but if you look at, look at the tape, the guy just, I mean, he's a one trick pony and they, they just, they'll chuck it down the field if he's, in blown coverage but that's about it i mean i just feel like with being that one trick pony that's the net you know jim harbaugh has been harping on this that's the next step in evolution in this ravens offense is being able to chuck it down the field more there's no way they throw the ball less than 400 times again like they did last year i feel like this <laughs> offense this offense is going to throw the ball more, it, you know, whether it's by one, either, you know, their defense also took a step back. So I could see them being behind a lot more. They're not going to be able to run the ball. Miles Boykin has that big frame. Marquise Brown struggled at times last year. Rashad Bateman isn't the biggest guy. I'm not saying he's tiny, but he's not big. And Sammy Watkins is injury prone. They're going to need a field stretcher. And Miles Boykin could definitely fill that role. I mean, last year, he, he finished with four touchdowns last year on 33 targets, 20 catches, you know, one of every five. Well, the, I, yeah, laugh, but it's one of every five is going for a touchdown. At the end of the day, if you're a big-bodied guy like that who's getting down the field, that's something that's going to be valuable. Additionally, they don't really have a second tight end, and in the past, that has been a two-tight end kind of offense. There's no reason Miles Boykin couldn't run some of those tight end-esque routes closer to the line of scrimmage. He can run block. And he can get down the field. He could take some of, we could see him emerge in a Hayden Hurst type role where he's going to have some flex value later in the season. I just, I think it's really hard to discount a young guy who's in an offense that is looking for talent, looking for targets. There's going to be opportunity there. If I'm sitting there late in a startup draft, I like the idea of Miles Boykin a lot more than a lot of the other guys I'm going to be seeing. I just don't see any time where I would start him. And that's what I'm looking for. Anybody that's even at the very bottom of my roster, I'm looking for when can I start him? If I can start him because he's next in line, I'm looking at Boykin just got pushed out by two more wide receivers because if you're going into your second or third season and you're still in your rookie contract and they're already put people in front of you, that's a big red flag in my book. And I cannot see any avenue where I would start him, even on my deepest. Like, Sammy what, Watkins starter. is going to miss time this year, and they're going to need somebody on the outside to go deep. And Miles Boykin is going to be the guy you're going to be looking at there. And that's going to be, you know, third year receiver. That's a big chance to break out, especially as Lamar gets more and more comfortable in this offense and it continues to evolve. Gotta stop it there. Man, that's the longest argument I've ever heard for such a bum like Miles Boykin. Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. And, <laughs> and I will say in the midst of that rant, I just 
I don't know. That probably was like a, at least a six or a seven earthquake I just felt. So if there's an aftershock here mid-record and something falls behind me, you hear some rattling, uh, don't be worried about it. It's just the earth shaking beneath me. So there's this is that. The first in SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast history, earthquake mid-show. Yeah, that shit was righteous, man. I, I'm from Philly, so like, you know, I felt a couple of tremors in my day, but like that the house a little, it shook a little bit. That was that was real. Anyway, let's uh, continue on to the show unless I die in like 10 minutes. Um, we got the next what the next tight end. This guy is a hot commodity. I mean, when is he going to break out? Super youthful. I mean, this is an ideal dynasty play here. Kyle Rudolph has moved on to the Giants. What are our thoughts on Irv Smith Jr.? I like Irv. I don't love Irv. Um, this is a two-tight end system. Tyler Conklin shown plenty of promise as a receiver. Irv Smith obviously is a better athlete, better player in space. Uh, but I don't see his role really expanding from there because of Tyler Conklin. They have, they have their system. They haven't really adjusted it, even when it was him and Rudolph. It, it took Rudolph getting hurt for Irv Smith to shine. And he really didn't shine consistently. I have a lot of Irv Smith and Dynasty rosters scattered everywhere. I, I start him in a couple leagues. I like Irv Smith, but if I'm expecting him to take the next step, it's going to be a really small one. And it's going to be touchdown dependent. I want them to look at him more than Adam Thielen, for example, who led the league in red zone targets or end zone targets. It was, he was up top three in like end zone targets all season. And I was like, why don't you go to your big tall tight end too? He's wide open too. Give him the ball. Um, if, if that happens, then I'll be happy to see my shares get value, get more value, but I'm not really banking on a huge jump from Irv Smith. Yeah. I'm in a similar camp to you like, not love, you know, everything outside of those top four tight ends is just a crapshoot at this point. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. We know Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts. Those are the guys at the top of the tier. And Kyle Pitts is still a step down from those guys. We have the Holy Trinity. It's just because he's an unproven rookie. Just because he's an unproven rookie, I'm not going to stick him in that top tier yet. Irv Smith has the highest floor probably of the next tier of guys that I'm going to say. He's got that nice, safe floor. There are a lot of guys out there that I like with a lot more ceiling. TJ Hawkinson, ton of vacated targets. Dallas Goddard, shoddy passing offense. Noah Fant potentially taking a step forward. Mike Gusecki, you know, not the New England guys. Evan Engram, I'm not convinced Evan Engram's issues aren't Daniel Jones related. But I, I, again, like not love Irv Smith. You know, I have less exposure to him on my dynasty rosters, but I'm also cursed when it comes to dynasty tight ends. It's up, it's up, down, all around. I swear to God, I traded for Darren Waller last year and he went on like a two-week skid and I was just wondering what the <laughs> hell happened. Yeah, so, you got somebody with a voodoo doll over there. <laughs> and I really do. It's just my tight end position in Dynasty. And, you know, like not love is just the great description. Irv Smith is that guy who's going to be poking around tight end, you know, 14 to 10 the entire season. He might get some end, he might get some red zone work. But we know touchdowns are fluky. I mean, and on an increased, you know, he saw more snaps last year, but he saw he actually saw not as big of an increase in red zone targets as you'd expect for seeing more. And it's just not there. Just not there. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way to go with it. I mean, he's still so young, but yeah, agree. Tyler Conklin may not be ready for it yet, but Irv Smith certainly has the eyes of Kirk cousins. We'll see how it pans out. So for our next guy, we're going to go to Ty Johnson of the Jets. 
McBig Time, what are your thoughts on Ty Johnson? Um, I don't hate Ty Johnson, but he's in a he's in a 49ers type mess. And that's because they basically said goodbye, Adam Gase. That was a great move. Uh, Joe Douglas has made some amazing moves. And one of them might have been keeping Ty Johnson on the on the roster this far. Uh, by drafting Michael Carter and acquiring Tevin Coleman. Um, you're not really giving him a full vote of confidence because he showed flashes last year, but they were against really bad run defenses. He lit the Raiders up and he looked good doing it. He's got good contact balance. He's got decent speed. He's tough around the goal line, but he's just not special. Like you, you're looking for guys that are going to splash and, and be able to plug them in if the opportunity arises. But in that kind of system where they're just going to shuffle through running backs and give them a, a, a sliver of the pie. Um, I really don't know if he has much ceiling. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> I don't know if he has much ceiling. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he has much ceiling or much floor. Um, he's just he's he's there. He's part of the part of the equation. I just don't. I can't get a good beat on the Jets' backfield right now. I mean, for me, I do think it's going to be one of those three-headed monster roles, but we do know that that secondary back, there's always two primary rushers and then a guy who's in there primarily as the pass catcher, and that smacks of Ty Johnson to me. Ty Johnson has shown himself to be Over a guy Carter? who's a – huh? Over Carter? I think Carter's going to be – I think they want Carter running the ball more. I, I think Ty Johnson's going to be that Tevin Coleman role where he's on the field, he'll run it sometimes, but he's going to see a lot of action in the passing game. Um, I do think Michael Carter is going to be the lead back in this. And he's the guy I'm slating. I want him as like an RB two, but Ty Johnson, I'm looking at, I, you know, leagues are deep. Now leagues are deep. Leagues are deep. Leagues are deep. Even the most casual leagues are running 12, 14 teams. The eight team league is a thing of the past. Unless you're pay, unless you're playing in a league you've been in for 30 years. And even then you're getting bored with it. Ty Johnson is going to be a flex starter a lot of weeks this year and he belongs especially on your dynasty roster he's a young guy and a pass catching back like that can thrive in today's nfl especially on a jets team that's going to be getting blown out time after time running backs and tight ends are a young quarterback's favorite thing ty johnson for me slots in as that guy i think tevin coleman's just there to help the young guys learn the playbook he's looked washed at his past couple stops ty johnson's that guy and i think in dynasty especially he could be a guy who could really break that three-year running back churn. You know, in Dynasty, you're looking, you're turning your running backs over every three years unless they're an elite receiver. I think Ty Johnson could turn into one of those elite receivers, a la James White, who's going to have PPR relevance for years to come. Yeah, and I, Boom, I and there that. you okay. have it. <laughs> so before we go on, I mean, we're just talking Jets here. I've never talked so much Jets consecutively. We go from Ty Johnson, sixth rounder, formerly of the Detroit Lions, to a fourth-round draft capital guy of LaMichael P. Ryan. I mean, you know, it's kind of a head-scratcher, right? Like, they just got in Michael Carter. So what are our thoughts, Bo? I'll start with you. Are you buying Are you buying this guy as a dynasty ba uh, bounce back? I mean, I don't know if you can call him a bounce back. He never really got a chance last year. I mean, you give him, give him a couple carries, you throw him some shekels and he didn't do much, but that was Adam Gase being Adam Gase. Like the whole offense was in shambles. They couldn't count on anybody last year. Darnold was running around like a chicken with his head cut off with no good receivers and a terrible line that was injured. Mackay Becton's awesome, but he was hurt a lot of the year playing hurt a lot of the year. And then you got all these 
just guys that are just running around not knowing what's going on. And now you actually have some structure in the in the system as long as they get the offseason to learn it. And that looks like that's going to be the case. But Michael P. Ryan and even Ty Johnson, those are those guys, um, they're going to be looking for to carve out their own roles. And P. Ryan going into his second season now, uh, that's that's an uphill battle. And I actually had Carter and Johnson flipped. I, I figured Carter would be the better receiving back because he showed more of that at North Carolina than we've seen from uh than we've seen from Ty Johnson throughout his college and pro career. He's a better, like tough nose, like he's not gonna get a ton of carries, but I don't think they expect anybody to really get a big piece of that pie. Um, and one of these guys is gonna get cut or get relegated to special teams. Um, and usually it's the guys that are good at special teams that stay on the roster. And I don't see that for the Michael P Ryan. I mean, he just, I think he's that third rusher in this offense. You know, he's the guy, whether it's Johnson or Carter, I look at Johnson and I see more of a pass catcher. I look at Carter, I see a runner. They could be flipped, but I think either way, Michael P Ryan's that third guy in, um, you know, he's going to have a role. I think he's valuable to have on the team because he does have that talent. And again, we've seen a lot of guys, leave an Adam case situation and then just jump into being fantasy relevant relevancy. Hello, Ryan Tannehill, you know, um, and LaMichael P Ryan did show had, had a couple games last year, you know, but for some reason, instead of giving the young guy run in a lost season, they just ran Frank Gore into the line for three and a half yards every time. And LaMichael P Ryan didn't do much better, but you got to imagine in a better offense, he could show something. And right now he is projected as the starter right now. Our lads right now has Michael P. Ryan as the lead back. Coleman is the backup. Carter is the third. Ty Johnson is the fourth. Again, I think Tevin Coleman's going to end up being the odd man out. So I think you could end up seeing something like Carter, P. Ryan Johnson, or just any one of those three. And it's going to be a hot hand approach. You got to roster these guys. You know, you got to roster at least one of them for a flex play and hope you hit, hope you get lucky. I don't have to. You you don't have to. You don't have to. (laughs) But again, leagues are deep and. A starting and a guy who can be a starting running back and get you know 15 touches a, touches a week that's someone who's startable in, in most formats yeah spoiler alert um i'm gonna have five minutes at the end of this to uh <laughs> give my thoughts and i'll just give you a little precursor to those thoughts do not pick up this dude <laughs> at best a taxi candidate but we'll get into that later All right, so let's move on to the birds. They got a new quarterback at the helm, QB, potential QB1. Adam fought me over this uh, a few weeks ago. But there is a first-round draft pick that has some – he has some proving to do. It's Jalen Rieger. Want to get your thoughts, Bo? What are your thoughts on him being a bounce-back candidate? And how much stock do you own of Jalen Rieger? I own uh, more than I care to admit because I loved his tape coming out of TCU and he, or, or Baylor, I'm sorry. And he just didn't, he didn't get healthy. didn't have the off season, didn't show really anything man to man. I mean, if you look at Matt Harmon's reception perception, he's one of the worst against man coverage in the history of the metric. And that's, they're going to face a lot of man coverage because they're going to have to man up against a mobile quarterback and a, a pretty decent set of athletes on the other side. Uh, and you you got to think that Devontae Smith is going to be that Keenan Allen role in this uh, Chargers, the Chargers coordinator coming into town. 
They're going to, they're going to have Sanders and Gainwell running a lot of routes. They're not going to expect much of block, much more than blocking from, uh, from much blocking from the running back position. So they're going to be running a lot of people out into quick, short routes. Devonte Smith is the best route runner on this team by far. And he's going to be that Keenan Allen role, which is a mobile slot receiver that has just find spots to get open, catch a lot of passes. Not going to get a bunch of, of, of big plays out of Devonte Smith this year, but I think he's going to get more volume. And, and guess what? I, I, I think Rager at, at best is going to get that Jalen Guyton role where basically he's just running vertical wind sprints. And if there's a blown coverage, he's going to be the guy that makes the big play and scores a touchdown. And, and I think Hertz is definitely good enough to do that. But if we're looking at a big bounce back from a guy like Rager, it's just going to be sporadic. It's going to be like he's going to be better for best ball than anything because he's going to have three or four really big games and the rest of the time you're going to be looking for him. I mean, he's definitely a best ball guy that you got to be all over, but I don't think he's going to be guy. And I think he's going to be more Mike Williams. I mean, the Chargers haven't had a good number two receiver to complement the crisper outrunning of Keenan Allen in the longest time. Jalen Rager looks like that kind of guy. Let's just remember he was hurt through the first stretch of last year. He missed five weeks. He was inactive for one and on IR for four, and he was limited at times, you know, but he did have some big plays and did have some big games. He's a guy who you have to put the ball in his hands so he can make plays. He's a guy who can get open down the field. He's your field stretcher. And with a guy like Jalen Hurts, there's going to be busted plays. He's going to be running around. He's going to get open. And a guy like Jalen Rager who can keep running has the athleticism to stay, stay with a play downfield is going to see a lot of opportunities and big plays. I love him, love him, love him in best ball. And I really think he's a guy you need to be targeting on the bet in the later rounds of your dynasty startups, or you need to go and trade for him right now. His value is at an all time low right now, and it is only going to go up. He took a step back in his junior year, but let's just remember in his sophomore year at TCU, 72 catches, a thousand yards, nine touchdowns. He was a guy who averaged close to 15 yards per reception to go with 13 yards on the ground. This offense needs to innovate. This offense needs to be willing. And I imagine they will with a mobile quarterback like Hertz, put the ball in their playmakers hands to look for end around jet sweeps to Devonte Smith, Jalen Rager. I really like Jalen Rager round eight, nine, 10 in your dynasty startup drafts trade a second rounder for him right now because next year it's going to cost you a first in if your league's already drafted love him love him love him long term here in this philly offense I'm happy no disagreement that. there wow <laughs> i just gotta get wow i just gotta get on the pedestal with you man i'm riding with that one that's that's a hell of an argument uh that's a little standing for me as an eagles fan but you know we'll get into the last one man <laughs> We've made it. We've actually cruised through nine potential dynasty bounce backs. And to close it out, we're going to go to Las Vegas with a guy who another first round draft capital. I mean, we know how those Raiders love to fly up the draft board to, to get their speedsters. How are we looking at Henry Ruggs the third going into next season, going into this season, Bo? What do you know, uh, Bo? Sell us on yeah. it. I think Ruggs is a much better player than he showed last year. Um, my problem is their offense is very stale, very vanilla. That's a vanilla offense with a vanilla quarterback with every, everything is predictable. And John Gruden hasn't innovated anything. He hasn't, he 
they haven't drafted well at all. They haven't put anybody to in the right situation once they've drafted poorly. They draft the wrong players and they put the wrong players in the wrong places. And if there's anything I have against Ruggs is that I don't trust the coaching staff to put him in the spot that he's going to excel in. It, he's, he's a special athlete with a great set of skills. But with Gruden basically bulletproof in Vegas for at least a few more years, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to avoid at all costs anybody but Waller, basically. That, that offense is just going to be stale, vanilla all the time. They're, they're going to take shots, but we don't know if that, those shots are going to be towards rugs because they, they haven't shown the propensity to include him in the first-round plans that they put him in. Yeah, I mean, and I'm coming at this as someone with all the regret in the world because I talked myself in at pick 11 last year of our rookie draft that, you know, there's T. Higgins and then there's Henry Ruggs. And Henry Ruggs has that role all locked Oh, Trust me, Bo. And I was on the T. Higgins train all last offseason. I was like, top 20 wide receiver. T. Higgins season is going to be here. And I, he just missed that. But I was like, you know, I got to be smart. Henry Ruggs just walks into that role. And I screwed that one up and I took Henry Ruggs. Um, yeah. But there is some glimmers of hope. Nelson Aguilar is gone. Okay. And so that means that John Brown, you know, John Brown's there and John Brown's going to be a much better compliment across the field from Henry Ruggs. John Brown is going to demand more attention from coverages than Henry Ruggs is right now. And yeah, Gruden might not innovate, but at the end of the day, Darren Waller probably going to take a small step back from that 145 targets last year. Might not, might not. We also don't know, is it Derek Carr season or does Marcus Mariota take over at some point? Because the offense did look different last year with Marcus Mariota. I know it looked a little different last year with him stepping in and, you know, Henry Ruggs, big play, great in best ball. You know, he's that guy you're taking around 10, 11 in best ball. And you're like, yeah, he's going to have a couple games that I'm going to love, but I'm going to hate him the rest of the year. And there's going to be a bunch of games where he's running deep and he, they're going to miss on the deep ball. But it's too early for me to give up on him. If you're drafting a dynasty draft now, he's going to be there, you know, anytime after round 10, I'm really liking him. I think he's a guy who has an Avenue and I don't know that John Gruden's as bulletproof as you're thinking, because Vegas, let's just remember Vegas has a taste for winning right now with that hockey team out there. And the Vegas football fans are going to start to get fickle very quickly when their brand new shiny football team sucks when compared to their hockey team. When the yeah, Vegas Knights, Knights are going to be outdrawing the Vegas Raiders at the end of next year, the calls for John Gruden's job are going to get louder. And that feels like a team that's primed, maybe not this year for a breakout, but next year. And who knows, maybe John Gruden will figure it out. Maybe Spider Y Banana will finally do something past the Super Bowl. I just, it's too early to give up on a guy like Ruggs who has all this speed, all this talent, and again, has this opportunity laid out in front of him. You know, Aguilar, 82 targets, gone. Hunter Renfro still there, but Ruggs had 43 targets last year in that offense. He could be up around 80, 90 targets, and for a big play guy like no. Speedster like him, you know, you got to believe. You got to believe he averaged 17 and a half yards a, a catch last year. That's big numbers. He's going to put yards on the board, and he's going to find the end zone. Anyone with that speed, I want on my team. I want on my dynasty team. I may not start him right away, but I'm going to take some flex start throws on him by the end of the year. And there it is, the end of the round 10 bout. 
it was a good one. I mean, a really compelling arguments on both sides here. So I got my five minutes. I'm going to take it here. Um, may not need it all, but let's just start at the top here. Quintez Cephas. I mean, I think that this guy, I think you guys both hit some really good points on this guy. I think the draft capital that's going to take in a dynasty format, this guy's upside is really high just considering that he doesn't have a lot of talent around him to beat him out i mean tyrell williams we saw what that guy did with with the with the raiders last year he got hurt very quickly and they'd say the only downside i would agree jared goff and his noodle arm not not sure that that's really going to bode well for him but honestly he's going to soak up targets just by the sheer fact that you know there's not really much to throw to other than deandre swift so I think that there's some good buy low value there as well as I'm on Ross St. Brown, but he's going to go a little bit higher because he's the new hot commodity rookie guy. So, you know, you could probably get Quintus Cephas on the cheap. So definitely look into that. Daniel Jones. Now, Adam, God damn, man, we're talking about EJ Manuel. <laughs> Who the hell cares about that Florida state guy, man? Like he was such a regular ass QB like I'm a harmed and beaten bills fan. I care about EJ Manuel. <laughs> this dude was compared. So you compared him to Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones averages 221 yards per game for his career. He had a down year last year, but that's still better than the one season. EJ Manuel actually got the starting job. He only, he couldn't even hold it the whole season before getting hurt and then ultimately just falling out. This guy only averaged 197 yards per game, had 11 touchdowns with nine interceptions. I'd say that's pretty comparable to Daniel Jones, but that's a lot of disrespect for someone that's going to have a lot of weapons yeah, he's in a Jason Garrett offense, but I think that there's going to be more more room to, for growth than comparing him to an EJ Manuel, which is just straight disrespectful. Um, let's go to Michael Pittman here. I, I tend to agree, man. Like, I have some shares of Michael Pittman. I traded for him thinking that, you know, Wentz maybe could be the, the answer. But let's be honest. Wentz hasn't had a had a 1,000-yard receiver since 2016. This guy has no confidence he sucks. He can't make throws on the run. He's not accurate. Kind of looks like Donovan McNabb when he went to the Washington Redskins. Frank Reich maybe could be the QB guru. I'm not sure that I'm buying it, but what I will buy is that T.Y. Hilton is one year older. He got 60 targets last year, and T.Y. got 93. I think we might see an inverse of that. Maybe we see the Pittman breakout, but he does have Paris Campbell there. And to Bo's point, that dude can't stay healthy. So if you believe in that, Maybe you got a nice little upside there and a bounce back cannon in Michael Pittman. Not going to touch on Tua. Tua's just regular, man. 181 passing yards per game. I can't get behind that. At best, he's a super flex option, but he's not going to be your QB1 starting, no matter how, how you slice it and what other weapons you put around him. Let's be honest. Will Fuller's either going to get hurt or he's going to get popped for PEDs. The only reason he stayed on the field as well as he did is because he took PEDs. So I don't know. I'm not totally buying the, the Miami hype here. Tua has a really – he's a very good game manager, but you don't want a game manager as your starting quarterback in fantasy football. Miles Boykin, Jesus Christ. <laughs> just leave him – I think both said it best. Like, just leave road. him on the side of the road. He's not even there. Like, you drafted Rashad Bateman. You got in Sammy Watkins. Mark Andrews is, the, is their leading receiver anyway. Stay away. J.K. Dobbins is going to get way more targets than that guy. Miles Boykins is done. He's cooked. Benito – don't even bother. Leave him on waiver wires. Irv Smith Jr. I like it, man. Like, 
he's so young, 23 years old. Like, I think this guy is going to have a lot of upside here. As I stated before, with Kyle Rudolph out of the way, I think we're going to see a little bit more of that snap count grow, that snap count go up. Now he's going to be fighting for targets with Adam Thielen and also, you know, the great um, Jefferson. But, you know, there's got, there's going to be upside there because we know Kyle Rudolph definitely caught touchdown passes, so he could certainly be and become a, an emerging red zone threat. Ty Johnson and LaMichael Pirine, this is just going to skip over those bums because that's going to be Michael <laughs> Carter's and Tevin Coleman's backfield. It's not even worth taxiing those guys. Jalen Rieger, Adam, you were hitting the points, man. This guy's going to be the poor man's Deshaun Jackson. The problem is, can Jalen Hurts get him the ball? We know that he struggled with accuracy issues last year, but he did average a target distance of 13.4 yards per catch, which was 20th among active qualifiers last year. Mike Williams is a better comparison than Jalen Guyton, but we'll see how that plays. I got five seconds. I'll end on Henry Ruggs. Definitely a good buy low, but Gruden sucks, and you can't trust Derek Carr, and I'm out. There we go. All right. Damn. Yeah. So, man, this was a lot of fun. Bo, thanks for joining the show. Uh, let the people know where they can find you and what you're working on. So I'm, uh, I've been accused of being one of the busiest guys on fantasy Twitter because I, I write Dynasty. I do DFS, uh, Bo underscore McBigTimes, where you can find all of it. I'm also a private chef that has my own line of food products, uh, BigTimeFlavor.co, home of the world's most deliciously intense hot sauce, big uh, hot box gourmet hot sauce, and as well as a bunch of other seasoning blends. And uh, I've I just got picked up by Ball Blast to write DFS, so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a busy season, but I'm I'm ready for it. Just gotta sleep less. Hell yeah, man! Congratulations on Ball Blast. That's an awesome opportunity and way to spice it up, man. I think this is the first private chef we've had on this show, so make sure you send over your good shit, man. SGPN crew love to grub, so we would definitely love to sample what you got going on over there with a little bit of flair. Adam, where can the people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Adam Pelletier. We're organizing a whole bunch of stuff with the SGPN Fantasy this year. We got it all coming at you. Projections and rankings are both live rankings. Going to be updated continuously. No need to find a new article. Just update and refresh your browser. Those are a static page. We've got fantasy questions for each team dropping. We've got dynasty trade strategies. We've got everything coming your way as we move through July, getting ready for as we move into July, look for our dynasty draft kit to drop. We got it all here. So it's going to be a good year. Pelletier is the mastermind and the brains behind the operation. So make sure you check out all of the content we're going to be dropping. We're going to be flooding your Twitter sphere with articles, podcasts, rankings, projections, all of that. So make sure to stay, stay tuned. And we're going to be bringing you a lot of heat through July in the offseason up into the regular season. So with that, I'm Dan Titus. You can find me at Dan Titus on Twitter and writing some shit for SGPN. I do a couple podcasts too for the, M the NBA side for a gambling podcast. But yeah, man, it's officially football season. So we're excited to get going. So with that, let it ride and make sure you check out our new stuff that we have coming your way. Peace.